sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Down the way we go with another fantastic edition of Track Talk. We missed you all last week, but life got in the way. We were a little bit too busy. I am Bryce Sparling here, as always, with my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Bryce. I also want to apologize to our listeners. Um, a little busy, busy last week. Too busy to make schedules work with Monday being a holiday. And uh, I'm still busy. I'm actually driving to Georgia as we speak. I'm on 85. Uh, south going through Greenville. Atlanta is about an hour out of my way. So uh, we're going to sit back and uh, while I drive, we're going to talk some races. Man, we could have just waited and you could have swung by the house before you went back up to uh, yeah. North Carolina and we could have recorded this live. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bandit run, Bryce, so I will be back in North Carolina by this time tomorrow. Uh, Holy there There is one stop on this trip. Um, and uh, and we'll be headed right back to North Carolina. There, there's beer in Texarkana, and there's thirsty boys in Atlanta. Is what you're telling me? Yes, sir. Well, in this case, there wouldn't be beer in Atlanta or Heard <laughs> uh, County specifically. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, back up, back up to North Carolina tomorrow morning. So, um, well, let's, got let's some family go business to attend to, and um, while I'm doing that, we can uh, go ahead and do this. Yeah, we're gonna. We're going to go ahead and start Track Talk off like we do every single night with a nice uh, crack open. Tonight we're drinking Miller High Life. I'm drinking. Matt is obviously not because he yeah. is in the car. And he is, yeah, you have to adult. have mine for me. and I'll, I'll, dr- uh, I'll drink your portion for you tonight. There, there you go. I'm drinking the champagne of beer. I'm, I'm, I'm living the high life tonight. Uh, yes, sir. Somebody else who was living the high life this weekend was Corey Heim. In the truck series this weekend, he was the pole sitter, lost the lead on lap 18 of Saturday's Toyota 200, and didn't regain it until the fi- until the first lap of the overtime, uh, when front runner Christian Eckes spun his tires on the restart, couldn't get traction on lap 164, and Corey Heim drove away for the win in Illinois. Uh, I was watching that race, Matt, and I was thinking, man, this is crazy. I don't ever remember them racing at this track. This track doesn't stand out to me, but it's it's pretty decent <laughs> racing. The the reason yeah. I didn't remember it is because this is the first year they've ever raced there. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the Xfinity Series used to run there back in the day. They ran there for a while, um, but NASCAR has been absent from that track for a while, and uh, and so this 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 time around, ironically, we leave Xfinity Series somewhere else in the country and we bring the truck and the Cup Series for the first time to this track. Um, but yeah, Gateway, I thought it put on a show. Uh, I was very impressed to see how many fans were there. Absolutely blown Pat. away uh, with the fans in St. Louis. You guys freaking rock. Uh, all our listeners in St. Louis, I know we've got a big audience there. Um, so I want to congratulate those guys. That place was rocking. It was nice to see. And uh, I thought the races were good. Uh, as far as Christian Eckes goes, yeah, I mean, you're going to have that. Guy, there's a lot of pressure on those last restarts to get inside your own head. A lot of these, uh, some there's cup guys that have trouble doing that, uh, restarting with that amount of pressure on them. Uh, so you certainly don't blame them or fault them for that. It's just the product of 
of learning and it's a learning experience but unfortunately you have to learn the hard way uh, but whenever you do that somebody has to inherit the, the good fortune and, and in this case uh, that was story high and and you know it's those trucks get loose on their own even when you're not trying to stomp on the gas there in an overtime restart with old tires you know those, those trucks get squirrely anyways on their own much less putting them under that much torque uh, under you know that short of a time period so yeah i could I, I can i can bet dollars to donuts that if that was me i would have spun it and put it in the wall so uh you know spinning your tires yeah. hey it happens it's easy to armchair quarterback it but but when you're in that situation certainly uh no no you you can't there's nothing you can say it happens it just yep it is you learn you learn from it and you move on and hopefully yep. it does I'm a pretty good truck racer on iRacing. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty sure that equates that equates pretty well to like real life truck racing. I'm sure as I'm sitting in my comfy gaming chair here in my uh, air conditioned office, <laughs> driving a video game truck. <laughs> well, I know you've got one ugly iRacing truck. I know that Dude, for that, sure. I have the best paint scheme on iRacing. I will put that up against anybody. That is the best custom truck paint job. If nobody knows. Uh, Matt Ridgway made me a custom Ohio State Buckeyes truck paint scheme, and the livery on it is I, it's beautiful, man. It, there's nothing short of it being one of the most breathtaking paint schemes I've ever seen in iRacing. Well, first of all, I want to say go dogs, and Ohio State absolutely sucks. And oh, I was no. thorough. I love watching Michigan run up and down your guys' throats. Uh, second of all, I want to say that I... I don't skimp on details, but if I'm going to do something, I'm going all out. So I, I made myself an Ohio State fan. I, uh, I subdued my gag reflex and I went all in, um, for the team on that one. And, uh, I, I hope I did you proud. I, I think it turned out well. I'm glad you hey, like it. It was, it was gorgeous. And I'll have you know, uh, I was, uh, there was no bigger Georgia fan anywhere in the United States when Georgia played Michigan this year than this guy right here. This Buckeye fan, <laughs> well, huge Georgia fan. I bet. Yeah. You uh, know what? You guys take care of what done. we couldn't do this year. <laughs> What's the saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So That's right. <laughs> automatic That's right. Uh, Heim, Heim did score his second NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory of the season uh, in a part-time role in his number 51 KBM truck. Man, the KBM truck they really, for the large part of this race, just dominated. I know we talk every single week about how good they are, but it was really on display out there this weekend. They were insanely strong. Yeah, every once in a while, they'll. So a lot of races, there's there's they're strong, but there's competition for them. Uh, but every once in a while, you'll just come to a random track, and especially like this one where nobody has a lot of history at, if any history at all. Uh, and, and KBM will just absolutely flex their muscle on the entire field for a whole afternoon. That's what we got. Certainly, I wasn't surprised. I don't know how anybody else could have been surprised. Uh, the KBM trucks, that's what they're capable of every week. Um, and, and other than driver turnover and talent disparity between the field and other people coming and going from the truck series, uh, that's, that's basically the bread and butter for, for KBM and, and the standard they set. And Toyota sweeps the top five. Uh, it was uh, with uh, Toyota sweep of the top five was its sixth time doing that in Truck Series history, and it was the first such sweep occurring at Gateway uh, in since 2006. So that's a, that's a pretty big um, accomplishment for Toyota there, mainly KBM trucks. 
And with Heim uh, picking up the victory, he got $50,000 in prize money uh, to kick off the race for the Triple Truck Challenge Initiative. Uh, I should have looked that up and what the hell that is. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was about I was about to ask you what that is. He uh, he won fifty thousand uh, dollars because of it because he kicked it off. Uh, okay. Let's we got something. Well, One goal, three opportunities. The challenge uh, starts at the WWT. Uh, starts there and continues yep. at Nashville Super Speedway. Yep. Okay. Um, the prize fund is built to give racers the race winners a fifty thousand dollar bonus per win. If a driver wins two out of the three races, he or she will be awarded $150,000. And if the driver oh, wow. brings home the ultimate goal and wins all three of the races in the quote-unquote triple crown, he or she will be awarded a total of $500,000. See, now that is an awesome initiative because in a truck racer's life, that can make their career. That is a springboard launching pad for an entire NASCAR career. So you've mentioned, Bryce, you said that the, it continues in Nashville. Is it is it immediately following? Is it three in a row or is it the third race somewhere else that you know? It is, it'll be at the Nashville Super Speedway on June 24th, that's the second uh, okay, race yeah. in the Triple Crown. Uh, and then yep. the culmination to it will be July 9th at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Concourse. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's a road course. So if you're going to – that's two ovals and a road course. Um, so if you're going to win that, that last one, it's going to be – it's going to be hard. Um, so I guess Corey Heim is the only one that's eligible now for all three of them, the $500,000. Yep. Uh, I suppose someone could jump in and still win Nashville and Mid-Ohio. Um, but but yeah, that'll be fun. I, I love that, I love, man. I love initiatives like that. It just makes it matter. Uh, Formula or not Formula One, IndyCar does sort of the same thing where they have <laughs> they give a bonus um, to people who win an oval race, a street race, and a road course race. Yeah. Uh, I think yep. the bonus is like a million dollars, or it might be more than that. But uh, but yeah, I, I love anytime you can do that and incentivize these guys a little bit more money. I love stuff like that. Like, that's just cool. That's a cool little incentive. It's yeah, not gimmicky absolutely. at all, in my opinion. No, no. I mean, it, it makes it matter. Like, I don't have a dog in the fight in the truck series unless Ryan Priest is running. I could care less who wins the race. But now, like, and sometimes that makes it not even interesting to watch because I'm just watching racing to watch the race without anybody to root for. And if anybody knows anything about racing, unless you're super committed so just racing in general, watching without a dog in the fight is not always the most fun thing you can do. So stuff like this, even for me, it makes it matter. Like if now I'm watching, I'm watching Corey Heim and I'm watching the KBM trucks and I'm watching who else has their eyes on maybe the two of the last three. I'm, I, that's what I'm watching for. It gives me a reason to watch even though I don't care who wins. It's just fun. It's good for it's the sport. Storyline. Storyline. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and Corey Heim, a 19-year-old kid from Marietta, Georgia, man, he could do a lot of a lot of fun things with five hundred thousand dollars if he gets two more wins in this Triple Crown. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know one thing that fifty thousand dollars will buy him another couple of races in the KBM truck, and that's probably if he's smart, that's what he's using for. Um, that's, that's the best that's truck the to be in. You want to be in? Yeah. Yep. That's the 100%. equipment you want to be in. So. After taking the white flag, Heim got the win. Uh, when a four-car wreck in turn two brought out the 11th caution and froze the field, uh, Hosevar was involved in that wreck on the last lap. Yeah, don't say. He, yeah, he was, he was helped uh, from the ambulance, 
put on a stretcher, gave a thumbs up the, to the crowd and everything. NASCAR officials said that Josevar was transported to a local hospital for further evaluation. Matt, have you heard the in the in truck radio from after Josevar uh, got into the accident? I have not. I actually didn't know the accident was that bad. Um, I I dozed off right at the end of the truck race, waiting on the Xfinity race to start. Uh, so I got a little bit of a power nap in there, and I I woke up with uh, with Corey Heim on the cool down lap. Um, so I, I actually missed the accident because I was sleeping. So uh, I don't have any follow up, <laughs> and I didn't I, I didn't know it was that bad, honestly. I don't see anything where they confirmed his injuries, but on the on the in on the in car or in truck radio, it sounded like he broke his foot. He could not get out. Um, the the impact that he suffered, like it almost crunched down where his legs were in the cockpit, and I I, I don't know if he hurt his. It sounded like from the from the in truck radio, it sounded like he might have broke or sprained or did something to his foot, but I can't find anything on it officially. Uh, news wise, all, all I had was the just the radio message that I heard from there. Um, so if what we, was if the we, radio message? What was the transcript? What did he say? Uh, talking. He was yelling help. He said he couldn't get out, and he said his foot was pinned. He couldn't move, and it was stuck. And he said he couldn't move his leg. Couldn't feel his. Couldn't feel his foot. Um, uh, I got you. Yeah, so but a little one bit of the panic. Certainly, you understand that. Um, yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. So I hope he's. I hope he's all right. Um, uh, let's see. It just says he was. He was released. Hurt his ankle. Facebook statements. I want to thank all the fans for reaching out since the incident. Definitely feeling the love. I know you are all eager for an update, but I'm waiting on the specialist results for my ankle before sharing. I'm eager to get back behind the wheel and will update you soon when I know more. That was yesterday at 5.55. So you'll probably see some type of update okay, this week yeah. around, around Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Typically, if it was a, a bone break, we wouldn't be waiting on a specialist. It would... Saying, and I'm just reading into this. I have no knowledge, and I, I mean, just speculating a little bit. I don't want to just start throwing rumors out there. But just from what I hear, uh, we're talking about a, a, a specialist who thinks that's an MRI. You may be looking for some ligament damage or something like that, uh, or, or maybe just a really bad sprain. And we're waiting to hear that the coast is all clear. Um, so I hope for the best for him. Um, it, yeah, yeah, that that sucks. You never want to see a driver actually hurt. It does happen. This is a dangerous sport, and every once in a while, we get reminded of that. And if that's the worst injury we suffer all year <laughs> through NASCAR, Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series, I think NASCAR will take that. I mean, this is a they, they've come such a long way in the past twenty years as far as safety goes, and they've done a they've done a fantastic job with these vehicles and making them as safe as possible and. An impact like that 20 years ago, he might not be walking away from that crash. I'm not going to say it was a, it was yeah. it wasn't hard enough to be fatal, but it was definitely hard enough to be something serious 20 years ago. Uh, so great, good job on NASCAR, honestly, for putting safety first uh, when it comes to the people in the car. I think that's I think that's great, yeah. and we'll you know, as my granddad would say, God gave you two legs for a reason. Go out there and do your job. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll <laughs> see how Patrick get back in the truck. Uh, he's been close to a win. Uh, a couple of times he was close to a win in Charlotte. We had a lot to, uh, I had a lot to say about that race. Uh, unfortunately, we missed it. Um, yeah, I had a lot to say about Monaco, but most of it couldn't be on the, most of it couldn't be on the podcast, probably. Yeah, so, well, we could still hit that a little bit in the Xfinity series. We'll go back and touch on that just a bit 
when, when we talk about the Infinity Series, and if you know where I'm going with that already, <laughs> then uh, we'll, we'll be Matt, on the same page quickly. Matt, the crazy thing is, that is my first note, is something along those exact same lines that you are thinking of in the Xfinity Series awesome. race. All right, I can't <laughs> wait to get that. All right, let's wrap up the Truck Series and move on, because yeah, I so, can't wait to, to hammer this one home. Chandler Smith finished third behind Heim and Eckes after leading twice for 40 laps combined. Stuart Friesen came home fourth, followed by former series champion Johnny Sauter, uh, who scored his second straight top five finish in his third start of the year. Ooh, excuse me. I had a little, uh, little uh, high life uh, left over there. Uh, the truck series <laughs> travels to, let's see, do they go out to, why am I? I think they're Sonoma. They, they're they in Sonoma. Yep, they no are kidding. in Yep, we got the. Uh, we'll run down the. We'll run down the schedule for this weekend for y'all after we go over the Cup Series. But yeah, the the Cubs. Let's see the trucks, the Menards cars, and the Cup Series are all out there. Looks like Xfinity is off this weekend. Yeah, Xfinity's off for two weeks. Uh, I, I Arca always runs Sonoma. I don't believe the trucks have ever run Sonoma. If they have, I couldn't tell you the last time. Um, those four hauler drivers who have to transport those trucks all the way out to the West Coast um, for for what the, for what that race is going to look like in those trucks. Uh, it's going to look a lot like the Xfinity Series did this week, but without rain. Um, <laughs> that, I, that, do not, if you have nothing to do, whatever day that race is, when I guess Saturday, uh, if you have, because Xfinity's off, so the trucks should be Saturday. If yep, you've got nothing is. going on, watch watch the trucks at Sonoma. A night race, too. not be disappointed. They can't be a night race. Sonoma doesn't have lights. Uh, a night race on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stupid time. Be yeah. Afternoon, yeah, it'd be an afternoon race in California. Yeah, Some Sonoma doesn't zone. have lights. They can't race at night. Time zones are the worst. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the yeah. aforementioned Xfinity series race this weekend let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it man uh so, so, so my my first line here that i wrote it's, it's so funny that you said f1 monaco the whole correlation there uh, i put i put one of the craziest xfinity races i think i've ever seen in my entire life rain soaked everywhere it's the most rain soaked race i think i've ever seen run period yeah. probably in any in any motorsport NASCAR is okay to run in the rain. F1, nope, not at all. Can't do it. Yeah, no. I, I never want to hear another meme about NASCAR not running in the rain because NASCAR started an Xfinity race with the track absolutely soaked. They said, it was you know what? We've got rain tires. You've got windshield wipers. We've got brake lights. Go out there and do your job. Go race. Get your ass and, out there. <laughs> and it was, it honestly, I was not like. Obviously, you've got calamity, but I don't think any of that calamity was bad racing. I think it was just all a product of, of the environment and the, the the situation that they were presented. But I absolutely applaud NASCAR. Three, two weeks, three weeks after we absolutely hammered NASCAR for having one of the most awful sanctioning races in the history of ever uh, with the, the Texas Cup race. Uh, the, the all-star cup race yeah. yeah and and how foolish nascar made themselves look in that whole debacle they go like uh the line of dumb and dumber and totally receive themselves <laughs> 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 on a soaking wet portland road course 
in the rain when F1 was too scared to do it at Monaco. The F1 race at Monaco could have been one of the most exciting races of all time. It started to rain right as they, they were on the grid. They were ready to roll. The drivers were in the car and the heavens opened up just like you couldn't have scripted it any better timing. And rather than have what they should have done is had a wet start, had to start behind the pace car, bring them in the pit, make everybody switch to wet tires, take them around one more pace lap and turn them loose. And we have a Monaco race in the pouring rain. And then you've got strategy of a, a dry line coming in and rain moving in and out and in and out. It would have been insane. It may have been the best race in F1 history. Um, and instead, they completely whooped out. They uh, held the cars on pit road for what, an hour? An hour, um, yeah. Yeah, and we just sat there waiting. And, and I will give credit. I guess I'm just recapping for anybody who doesn't know this and what we're talking about. Uh, I'll give credit to the, uh, the Sky Sports broadcast, the F1 broadcasters were absolutely hammering the sanction body with, uh, with their broadcast, openly questioning why, what, what are we doing? Why are I we not that. racing? What? Love that. We are, you are supposed to be, you are the self-proclaimed pinnacle of world motorsports. You're the, the very tippy top of the spear and you are afraid to send your cards out. And I don't know. They said something about the old sanctioning body and the old race control, and I don't know if it, I don't know what's different than it, I don't know if it rotates or if it's different this year than it was before. I don't know, but all I know is they had an opportunity to make something truly, truly special, and they absolutely sabotaged it, whether that was on purpose or just complete ignorance or negligence, I'm not sure, and I won't speculate, but they missed their window. Uh, to have an amazing race, and NASCAR did not. NASCAR sent those cars out there in the pouring rain, and they put on an awesome show. Those fans did not leave. They stayed out there soaked to the absolute bones and had a heck of a time, and I enjoyed every lap of that Xfinity race price. It was everything Monaco could have been. It was it was because you had you had you started off in the rain, pouring down rain, Oh, excuse me. Got a little tickle in my throat. It started out with pouring down rain with with uh, wet weather tires on and those windshield wipers that looked like they were bought from Dollar General. I know they're probably not, but from, from me watching it on TV, man, those look like the cheapest windshield wipers I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know why they right, appear like are, that. Those are 100% AutoZone windshield wipers, the cheapest <laughs> ones you can buy. I, I, I can personally tell you that with... 100% guaranteed uh, uh, authenticity of that answer. I, I know for a fact. And the I windshield see, I, wipers, they, yeah. They, I, I, I see them driving around. It, it's raining. There's like, there, there's this, there's spray going everywhere. And the windshield wipers yeah. just look like they're not really doing anything. And they don't look like they're, no, they're timed not. really well. Like, it's, it's very yeah. intermittent. No, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I all the windshield wiper motors are built in-house, so you have some that are just going like 8,000 miles an hour. You have some that are barely working at all. They all run right. off the battery, and so they're trying to not run, because obviously when you pull something from the battery, you're taking power from the motor. So <laughs> there's ways people <laughs> time them to sync up with certain events. Like they go faster and slower based on RPM of the engine. Everything. I mean, it gets wild. I'm not sure if it's quite that detailed in the Xfinity series, 
with Cup Series, you know, if there's any advantage to be had uh, with a windshield wiper or any other product in a car, we'll exploit it. Uh, a, a couple of years ago, famously, um, the Joe Gibbs racing cars um, showed up to Sonoma in the desert of California with windshield wipers on all four of their cars. And somebody had the, the, the courage to go ahead and ask Kyle Bush on Twitter why the Joe Gibbs cars had, um, had windshield wipers. And he, he was smart enough to reply in, in Kyle Bush's awesomeness uh, on Twitter. a chance of a, a drop on this track ever. Uh, <laughs> what they had found was that there was counts of downforce uh, on the on the car based on the positioning of a windshield wiper mounted. Uh, and they figured that out in the wind tunnel. <laughs> so oh, with it being nice. an part of a yeah, with it being optional on a road course the windshield wiper mounted, they took the initiative to mount all of their cars with windshield wipers. I don't remember if they won that race or not, but certainly Everybody in NASCAR caught on to that. There are no secrets in NASCAR. You can be the first to find something, but as soon as you find it, everybody else will hear about it. Uh, the so, of course, out. the next road course. The next road course we showed up at, everybody had windshield wipers. And I think NASCAR wound up having to step in and say, no, if there's no chance for rain, <laughs> we're not going to do this game. Because uh, there were people <laughs> mounting them upside down and 45-degree and angle to the left. And, and then they go through the S's, and the windshield wipers are sloshing across the windshield. And the, the G-forces are just sending them everywhere. It, it was entertaining. Like, there's nothing better than, than the ingenuity of NASCAR. Um, we may be a bunch of rednecks, but damn it if we won't find every count of downforce and or power from the engine we can find on these cars, wherever it comes from. Um, you got to get it somehow. So, yeah. You ain't trying. Yeah, so back to the Xfinity Series, those those windshield wipers, I don't know if they're the same motors or not, and certainly I thought I saw um, windshield wipers move in different directions, uh, different angles, different speeds, so it could be just free game, And uh, but but yeah, they, they don't do much, they wash uh, around water on the windshield, they're pretty cheap, and then you have the, uh, the fog from the inside of the car, that's honestly more bothersome for a driver than the rain on his windshield. Uh, because the rainwater will bead uh, based on the speed of the car, uh, but that fog you can't do anything with when it gets. I'm sure they can just turn the you know the defroster on, you know, slap that on, throw some cold air up there so on the uh, windshield. We do actually have a defroster in the Cup Series. I do not know why. I don't. I, I don't have anything to do with any Xfinity Series cars, um, Stuart Haas or otherwise. So I don't know if the, if the Xfinity Series has a defog. Um, but but we do in the Cup Series. We have one. It's mandatory. It's, yeah, it's mandatory. It's part of the motor, um, it, and we have to run it. So, wow, I didn't it, know that. It's it, pretty cool. It has to be operational. I think NASCAR even checks to make sure that it does cut on because you can stick anything in the window and call it a defogger, and it doesn't turn on. It's just yeah, this thing works. Just trust us. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's actually a lint block for center of gravity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, surprise, surprise this week in the Xfinity Series. You know they're important. Raining, road course. AJ Allmendinger come away, comes away with the win. Uh, early on, though, in the race, man. Dude, dude, AJ Allmendinger early in the race was everywhere but on the track. He, he was in yeah. the grass, I felt like, every other every other, um, every other other uh, lap. And at one yeah. point, he went a lap down Ty Gibbs. Yep. 
Yeah, and he he wrecked before, not wrecked, but he he was off track on the pace lap. He slid off the off the course into the grass on the pace lap of the race. Um, of course, started last because he didn't practice or qualify in the car. Uh, he showed up. He was doing double duty, so he had to fly into Portland to run that race. So started last. Absolute crap show, um, but does have experience on that track. Has won a race on that track before. Stood in that victory lane before. Um, so leave it leave it to him at the end of the day to be the guy left standing. I'd like to say I never doubted it for a second. Uh, that's not the truth, Bryce. I I honestly thought for a minute. Um, that we were going to get an A.J. Allmendinger-less road course race in the Xfinity Series, and I was all about it. Um, I, I thought for a while we were going to get a Ty Gibbs show, um, because if anything, if you know anything about Ty Gibbs, he showed up and won his very first race on the Daytona road course. So a road course slouch he is not. I uh, thought we were going to see a, <laughs> a, a walk-away win with, for Ty Gibbs, and that wasn't to be either, right? No, he got spun about lap. Uh, I think it was in the. I think it was in the second stage. He got spun and never really, never really recovered. And Almondinger, I mean, he he was all over the place and just kept kind of plodding along, plodding along, plodding along. And there, towards the end of the race, I was like, oh, well, here comes Almondinger, and this is who's going to win it. Obviously, he, he's a he's a road course master. Uh, Matt Schneider was the guy who finished in second, led five laps in the number thirty-one Jordan Anderson Racing Chevrolet. And Schneider acknowledged. He said, you know. Uh, it's not so bad finishing behind Almondinger. You know, he's got a, he's got a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, I could tell he was setting up on those corner exits a lot better than I was kind of towards the end of the race. And he said, to me, he said, that's just good hard racing. There was some bumping. There was some grinding there at the end of the race. But uh, Matt Schneider liked it. A.J. Almondinger liked it. There was there was nothing malicious. There was nothing terrible. Almondinger didn't spin Schneider out. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was side to side, bumping, road course, wet, great racing. Yeah, it was a fantastic battle there at the end. I wish we could have got a little bit longer of a, a green flag run to the end, um, but but it wasn't to be. We got obviously with the cautions coming out, you know, cautions breed cautions is an old saying. Uh, I think that's a Larry Mack saying, but uh, uh, so we got our, our fair dose of it there at the end with everything, every position mattering more and more. Um, but yeah, it, it was still fun to watch. Uh, I was actually rooting for Ryan Sieg, uh, Tucker Georgia's own. Was up in the fourth place, uh, I think on the, the second or the very last restart. I was kind of open for some calamity. And uh, Ryan Sieg, however many miles from Tucker Georgia, Portland, Oregon is, uh, to take his first ever Xfinity Series win. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. The TV uh, was on the battle for the lead. And by the time I checked the scoring monitor, Ryan Seed was nowhere to be found. Uh, so I, I presume that he got dumped and or took himself out of contention by leaving the course. I, I'd like to know what happened, but, but I, that's all who I was watching at the end of the race had all my eggs in that basket. Um, but, but yeah, they, they, didn't, the race. I, they didn't show it. He was running inside the top five there with a couple laps left. And I think yeah, he finished, yep, he yeah. ended up finishing like 16th or 17th. Uh, inside the yeah. top 20, but yeah, definitely not where he was. He must have been, he must have spun out or locked up or gone off or something must have yeah. happened. Yeah, that was, yeah, or um, got punted. Yeah. R- RCR's Austin Hill. Yeah. R- R- yeah RCR's, on, uh, is, I was going to say, all that means is that it basically he was the last car in the lead lap because with all the turnover. So, so whatever happened, I guess he got stuck or 
or just way, way back there. Cause six, he was uh, not in the 16th running position coming, but he was nowhere to be found. So scoring-wise, um, I assume that just means he was able to uh, to not go a lap down at some point in there and maintain that position. But, I, I don't know how uh, he yeah, messed up. The track was the track was in perfect condition, and you know, no rain, no nothing, nothing like that. Perfect. I don't know how how he would have spun out or gone off the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. RCR's Austin Hill finished in third with JR Motorsports teammate Josh Berry and Justin Allgaier rounding out the top five. Daniel Hemrick, Ty Gibbs, JJ Yaley, Noah Gragson, Alex Labe uh, complete the top. Labe. Labe. Alex Labe. That completed the top ten. With the victory, Almendinger extended his championship lead over Gibbs to 44 points. Uh, Gregson's ninth place finish keeps him 45 points behind Almondinger. Just a fantastic show by the Xfinity Series. The race was 10 out of 10 for me. That was, yeah, was fantastic. I, 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 absolutely a 10 out of 10. Uh, let's move on to the cup race. It was, it, was, it was a good race. It was a competitive race, but one that's going to be overshadowed uh, by some of the on-track antics by one, one person. One person alone. One person. Joy, Joy Logano beat Kyle Busch in an intense overtime battle, and Ross Chastain ate a massive piece of humble pie. Yes, he did. And um, uh, which which do you want to talk about first, Bryce? Uh, I let's go with the Denny Hamlin because I think that was okay. that was the most interesting of the two on-field track catastrophes that Ross Chastain was involved in was the Hamlin part. Yeah, so, so let's preface this, preface this by saying that uh, a day in which you end um, your race with by uniting Chase Elliott fans and Denny Hamlin fans who <laughs> absolutely hate each other and have always hated each other since Martinsville 2018, 19, something there. Somewhere um, around there. Th- those, yeah, those two fan bases do not like each other. Never have, never will. Uh, but for one day and one day only, they found themselves their rage uh, centered around one single polarizing individual in our sport. Who, um, yeah, man, I don't know what to say. I've I've touched on this before. I told you. I I know for a fact. I've mentioned this in a previous episode. Ross Chastain has a reputation is developing a reputation inside the Cup Series, and it is not one that you want to have. He has a lot of respect from the fans. He has a great story. He's worked hard for everything he's ever had. He's not a silver spoon kid with daddy's money, and I think that goes a long way in resonating with fans. He's unique in in his uh, celebration, kind of like Carl Edwards. He has something that's completely his, uh, and and he has all the tools to be an absolute superstar in this sport. The problem is he drives like a complete idiot yep. every single week, and and the Cup Series drivers are have have taken note and are starting have been paying attention, and now are starting to retaliate. We saw something um, like this happen with Joey Logano early in his career, uh, where where he kind of got pushed around a little bit based on the way he drove. Uh, some of that was his own doing, some of it not, but, but it, he wound up having to fight back. He wound up having to defend himself versus Ross Chastain, kind of the exact opposite, is, is getting ganged up on for, for his aggressiveness. 
Um, it's like what Grosjean's I, almost going through in IndyCar. It is a lot like that. Um, um, they have to be a little bit more gentlemanly in IndyCar because you can't retaliate in IndyCar like you can in, in a stock car. Because you anything, those IndyCars are so fragile that, that you retaliate by hitting another car, you're just as likely to end your own day as that other car. Um, versus not the case of a stock car, um, where we will, we usually see the favor being returned and, uh, receipts kept. And certainly Denny Hamlin was ready to cash in on his receipts this week. It's so um, great. <laughs> yeah. So, so for anybody that didn't see, people did just recap that Ross Chastain drove through the back of the 11 for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Just, I don't know, wasn't paying attention. Uh, the old saying is he ran out of talent. Uh, and it puts the 11 in the fence. Big, big popular with the fans. Anytime the 11 or the 18 gets stuck in the fence, um, they, that's going to get a big reaction. Uh, <laughs> so he went from being the, the hero, uh, and then he ran over the golden boy of NASCAR, Chase Elliott, and that you don't do and live to tell the tale about it in the court of public opinion. Absolutely um, not. He went, he went to the straight uh, antithesis of, of what it is to be a villain um, in in the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, he, he got to experience both of those in a matter of laps. Uh, but most importantly, he pissed off two drivers out there uh, that are not afraid to retaliate. We've seen um, Denny Hamlin get into it before with drivers on track. We've seen Chase Elliott get into it before with drivers on track. Neither of those drivers are afraid to show their displeasure in the race car or after they get out of it. Uh, certainly, I, I mean, three guys, three guys in the Cup Series that w will absolutely fight you. Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. They, they will fight. That's just serious. They're ready to go. You just don't piss those guys off. Uh, <laughs> and he managed to piss off two of the three in a matter of laps. Um, That's talent. <laughs> but, yeah. So, and I will give... Massive credit to Denny Hamlin. His day was completely over, um, or at least any chance to win. He could have gone out there and done what Matt Kenseth did to Joey Logano a couple of years ago, and I thought he was going to. The TV broadcast, great job by Fox. We're always trashing Fox because they're awful, so we'll give them, make sure we give them props when they, they picked it up. Mike, or Kenny Wallace in the booth was the one who said, am I going to say it, or is, is anybody going to say it? And Mike Joy said, go ahead, say it. <laughs> and uh, he was he was quick to announce the 11 is waiting uh, on the one to come by him here, and so they got it. They got the cameras on it. Usually they don't catch that stuff till after it's over. Uh, we have to see a replay of it after the fact. But they, we had all cameras on it. And it was time. It was ready to rumble. And uh, Denny Hamlin, to his complete credit, all he did was run Ross Chastain down the track and get in his way. Good blocking. Uh, Good blocking move. That's all he did. Like he did it. Did a fantastic job, uh, and then after that, that's when Chase Elliott ran. I mean, uh, Ross Chastain ran into the back of Chase Elliott, spun him. Well, not spun him, but uh, moved him up out of the groove. Chase Elliott comes back through, makes sure he gets. No, he did spin him, didn't he? Yeah, that he was did. A caution, yeah, was Ch it not? yeah. Chase, Chase, Chase Elliott hit uh, Chase Elliott hit Ross Stain, and then after Ross Stain was like getting loose and kind of got back under control, Hamlin came over and kind of gave him a side bump too. And the commentators are like, you're going to get it from both these guys. You're right in the middle of both of them. You're in no yeah. man's land right now. Yeah, so that was on the restart when, when Elliot got him back. Elliot yep. tagged him back on the restart. 
where, where they, and again, credit to Fox, they were quick on the draw there, uh, pointing out that Chastain was restarting right next to the two drivers that he had pissed off. Um, and, and we got a great view of that. Chase, Chase Elliott was not, he wasted no time. He still had a chance, like, his day wasn't over. So he, so he didn't have time to waste messing with Chastain. He wanted to uh, prove his point and go on about his day. Hamlin absolutely had time for it. So first you get uh, Elliott push Chastain up almost into the wall, and then the next thing you know, Denny Hamlin is chasing him up the track out of the groove. <laughs> and it was the most fun I've ever had. Like, I personally... I even posted on Facebook, if you guys are friends, anybody of our listeners are friends with me on Facebook. I am not a Ross Chastain fan. I let my true colors show. Um, I, I I was all about it. I normally am not a big, I'm not, I like Chase Elliott personally. I don't love him on, on just the competitive part of me. Um, it, he's cost me a race win and money out of my pocket before, so... I, I don't have any love lost for him, but I, I respect him. Um, and Denny Hamlin kind of same applies. Uh, a lot of respect, not a lot of love. Uh, but but I was all about those two guys making that guy's life an absolute hell yesterday. I loved every second of it. Honestly, I don't even care what happened in the rest of the race or who won. That was the funnest thing to happen for me yesterday. I enjoyed it so much, Frank. It was great, and I rewatched it today. I rewatched the highlights and stuff of it today, and it was it was fantastic. It was, and I don't want to take the victory away from Logano. It was it was the second of the season, 29th of his career. Kurt Busch ran third behind Logano and Kyle Busch. Ryan Blaney uh, coming home fifth, and Eric Almarola, uh, or excuse me, uh, Blaney coming home fourth, and Eric Almarola coming home fifth. Uh, so it, it, it sucks that Joey Lovato's victory was kind of overshadowed by that, but I mean the, the Denny Hamlin Chase Elliott Ross Chastain storyline that came out of this was it was way bigger than than anything. Logano led 22 laps, Kyle Busch led 66 laps, uh, Martin Truex Jr. had a pretty strong car, ended up finishing uh, sixth, led 42 laps. But yeah, the, the Ross Chastain Denny Hamlin uh, Chase Elliott that that was the storyline that came out of of the race this week and that was a big storyline yeah it was awesome and I will uh, I'll we'll end the, well we, I mean we can talk a little bit more about Jeff and Joey Logano if you have anything to talk about I will I would like to um, bring a spotlight onto Ross Chastain's post-race interview where um, and basically had a mic shoved in his face and you never yeah. know what you're going to get out of race car driver's mouth whenever that happens especially after the day he had had uh, I was really expecting I don't know what I was expecting, but it is not what we got. Uh, he basically owned it. I mean, completely wore it, and I don't know. If, I mean, almost, almost shamefully so. Um, almost made me want to feel bad for the guy, but I decided that I don't. <laughs> and, uh, I moved on with my life. Um, but, but, and like Denny Hamlin said, Denny Hamlin ended his interview by saying, "You know, we we all had to learn the hard way, and that that's that's where he's at in his career, and I don't feel sorry for him." He's got to figure it out. Uh, all the talent in the world could be a champion, could be a superstar. I think, I think the future is bright for him and his team. Ross, Ch- I mean, uh, Trackhouse, Trackhouse and Daniel Suarez. Yeah, and uh, the Project 91 or whatever with uh, bringing in basically Formula One drivers to run select races. I think that's awesome. I love everything that Trackhouse has going on right now. 
uh, except that they're in Chevys. But yeah, uh, Ross Ross owned it. He said basically that he sucked and that he deserved uh, the way that he was raced by those guys out there after after poor racing on his part. And and he was right. And I don't know if if that was honesty or if that was an attempt. A part of me even thinks that maybe he realized that in order to, to maintain his popularity that he has among the fans, uh, he had to he had to wear that because Chase Elliott, you get out and say Chase Elliott sucks and I'm going to get him next, back next week. You're you're the villain in NASCAR. Congratulations. You've joined the ranks of Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin uh, as, as the villain of, of motorsports. And, and say what you will about any of those drivers or why they have the roles that they have. It doesn't change the fact that those are the loudest boos every week during driver introductions. And, um, and yeah, you get out and, and, and run your mouth about Chase Elliott after that. Um, and you join the club, um, with those guys. So I don't know if, if part of that was brand awareness on his part. Um, because I think it worked. I think a lot of people are more sympathetic to him today than they were after the race. So if that was his game plan, kudos to him. It worked perfectly. He sold that performance. Um, but but it was it was unique to say the least to see a, a driver basically wear that and say, "Yeah, I suck. I'm sorry. I I I deserved it. I have to do better. That's on completely on me." And uh, whether that was fake or real, authentic, uh, I give him props for it. It was certainly not what I was expecting when I saw the reporter kind of almost chasing after Ross Chastain and shoving yeah, him like his face. Yeah, he did not want to talk. He was, no, he, he didn't. was trying to get away. And, I was like, I was like, oh, buddy, we're about to get a good sound clip here. And dude was humble. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was like, yeah, I suck. I, I owe half this field an apology for how crappy I raced today. I can't keep racing like that. And I was, I was like shocked for a second. I was like, well, wow, that's like, even if that is just him playing towards the cameras for the brand, good on him for having that much, I don't know, self-awareness, yeah. I guess, in the situation yep. to cool it, down like it that. Is, it was it was unbelievable self-awareness for sure, Brian. It was it was something you would expect to see out. Honestly, like I, I that's something you expect to see out of Tom Brady. If Tom Brady makes a bad mistake or something, like there there's no there's no story there. He he says what he has to say and gets on with yep. with what he's doing. So good job yeah. out of him. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. I think the only thing that can make this better is if they just go ahead and bring Ty Gibbs up to the Cup Series uh, and throw him into the mix with Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott just to create a more bigger storyline. I think that'd be great. I'm going to go ahead and petition for that. <laughs> See, uh-huh. and we don't even, we can sell pay-per-views with that. We don't need stage <laughs> racing and fake championships. We can just get superstars against each other. That's how you create drama. If you get drivers mad at each other, whether they are or aren't, you sell that on TV and people That's right. tune in. Brings and then, in the then we can go back to having authentic racing. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and give this cup race an eight out of 10. I thought the racing was, was really good. Um, I, I love the storyline between Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain. Obviously, the drama there. Uh, I didn't think it was as good as the Xfinity series, but I thought it was great. That's back-to-back weeks, honestly, that the Cup Series has done a has done a fantastic job of the racing element. The racing element last week, I know we didn't really get to talk about it, um, but the Coke 600 was fantastic. That was the Coke 600 was one of the best races I've seen all year for the Cup Series. So that's but this is back-to-back weekends where they've put on a really good show. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it, that, I'm glad you brought that up because it deserves to be mentioned. After an absolutely disaster, public PR nightmare for what was the all-star race in Texas for the Cup Series, 
Uh, they have rebounded spectacularly, landing on both of their feet with the Coke 600 and Gateway, which I thought was fantastic shows, fantastic races without made-up drama. And the best thing about both of those races, Bryce, both of those tracks, the grandstands were absolutely packed. And yeah. I, I love to see it. Yeah, it was, it was great to see. Great racing, nothing manufactured. It was what it was. It's what racing is meant to be. It's what motorsports are meant to be. Uh, this weekend schedule out in Sonoma looks like this: Friday night, or Friday night on the East Coast. This is on the West Coast, so I'm, I'm going to go off the East Coast time because we are the correct time zone. Uh, everybody who is not the East Coast has the wrong time. Uh, the Camping World Truck Practice <laughs> on Friday night. Camping World Truck Practice at 6:05. Uh, the Menards cars uh, practice and qualifying at 7:05. Neither one of those will be televised. They're not. They won't even be streamed or on the radio. So if you were anticipating watching or listening to either one of those, you're kind of you know up the creek without a paddle, unfortunately. I don't yeah. think I've seen that so far this year. It's kind of weird. Usually they're at least on the streaming service or on XM radio. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yep, it's uh, on. And Saturday morning at 1 p.m. we have truck qualifying on FS1. 2.30 on Saturday, the Menards Cards uh, General Tire 200. That's on Flow Racing, MRN, or Sirius XM. Then 4.30, we have the Cup Series Practice on FS2. 5.30, we have the Cup Series Qualifying on FS2. And then at 7.30, the Door Dash 250 on FS1 uh, for the Cup Series that night. So every single pit stop they make, they're going to have to get a sweet and sour chicken from Panda Express and deliver it uh, around one lap of Sonoma and bring it back to their pit crew and deliver it to them. Uh, it's part of a little, uh, uh, what, what do they call it, relay, uh, a little bit of a DoorDash 250 relay. Uh, and then Sunday at 4 I'm telling you, dude, I, I'm here for the uh, brand opportunities, man. I, I come up with these. I'm an idea yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, you certainly are. Somebody better call DoorDash now. Call DoorDash. I'll do it. You put me in a truck, I'll do it. Find a truck that'll fit me. And then Sunday at 4 p.m., the Toyota Save Mart 350 on FS1 Cup Series. Matt, who you got this weekend in the Cup Series? Oh, man. Do I have to pick somebody? Uh, I'm filling. Gibbs has dominated this race, both on strategy and equipment, for the last couple of years. Give me Martin Truex Jr. I don't know why. I just got a feeling. Oh, okay. uh, Maybe he'll announce he's retiring in victory lane. We're imminently awaiting his uh the announcement of his future plans. He doesn't have to leave um, Gibbs if he doesn't want to because he has that pro shop and they pay the bills. So he has that right if he wants it. But uh, there's a lot of rumors circulating that, that he may be ready to uh, hang it up. And uh, and so maybe if he if he wins on Sunday, we, we get an announcement in victory lane. That would be certainly a storyline. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling, just from what I've seen the Gibbs, they've dominated this race lately. Give me a, any Gibbs car, but specifically I'll take the 19 Truex. I'm going to take Kyle Larson this weekend and the Hendrick. I'm the Kyle Larson. Okay. That's, thank you. Thank you, Wendell. Kyle Larson is never a bad pick. He's never, yeah. that's never a bad pick. Never. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Kyle Larson this weekend. Uh, all right, let's switch okay. over to IndyCar. Um, they were in Detroit. Will Power wins his first win of the season as he holds off a hard-charging Alexander Rossi to win the final race at Belle Isle. Thank God, get the hell out of Michigan. There's nothing there worth doing. I'm so glad they will never <laughs> be racing there again because that place sucks. Everything they do there yeah, sucks. Yeah, they should go. 
Yeah, and I mean that track's been had a bad reputation for a while. I never minded it, um, and I guess that's just me being a, a motorsports traditionalist. I don't care about the track. Just give me racing anywhere, I'll watch it. Uh, speaking of I'll watch it, I actually didn't watch it, and that's because it was at the exact same time competing with the NASCAR Cup Series race, and I will obviously be watching the NASCAR Cup Series given the choice because I'm employed in one of those series and not in the other. Um, so unfortunately, my loyalties lie exclusively with um, with NASCAR when they come to competing. Now, well, you could say, Matt, why didn't you just have a dual screen uh, with both races going on? And to answer your question is, I absolutely did have the dual screen going on, and the other screen was on the Tampa Bay Lightning game in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Final. <laughs> so, that's that's a little bit IndyCar. more important than an IndyCar race in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. IndyCar was three out of four events going on all at the same time, number four being the Braves game. Um, but, but yeah, only two of them got viewed, and that was the Cup Series and the Lightning game. And so uh, I, I didn't see any of IndyCar. I didn't see the highlights. The only thing I know is the finishing order. So, Bryce, I will allow you to kind of take over the show here and tell us your thoughts about the IndyCar race, if you have any. I, you didn't miss much, honestly. The, the IndyCar and Detroit race recap is going to be pretty short because there wasn't a lot that went on. Uh, the last couple laps were sort of interesting. Will Power led 55 of the 70 laps. He went with a two-stop strategy. Uh, it was the opposite of what Rossi went with. Rossi went with a three-stop strategy, stopped early. Rossi had a big charge at the end of the race but didn't have just the gap was too big when he started his push. Uh, Will Power yeah. also had three times the amount of push to pass that Rossi did when Rossi started his charge. Um, other than that, honestly, though, there there was there wasn't much. I mean, it was not it was not a great race. I don't I don't want to say it was terrible, but it was certainly not great. I mean, the the amount of passes that were at the Detroit race this weekend in Belle Isle were probably about similar to the amount of passes that Monaco had. It, yeah, it, well, that's not surprising. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, yeah. Powers win was rating? 40, uh, uh, probably a 5 or a 4 out of 10. Okay, I mean, that's respectable. Yeah. For a Bell Island, you know, that's, that's about right on the mark. But. Yeah, it was, it, it got a meh. It, I, I gave it a meh. I, the one thing that IndyCar has going for it is, in my opinion, they have some of the best announcers in any sport around. Uh, the announcers they at IndyCar... Fantastic, dude! They're they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, they do race back to back weekends, though. They are in uh, Road America this weekend, June 10th and 12th. Um, this weekend starts off on Friday, just like NASCAR does at 4:30. We have practice one on Peacock, and then Saturday at 10:45 we have practice two that is also on Peacock, and then qualifying on Saturday is at 1:45 on Peacock. And then final practice at 5.20 is also on Peacock. And there are a bunch of Indie Light stuff as well, if you want to watch that. Um, all, all this is streamed on Peacock this weekend. And then the race on Sunday is at 12.30. Uh, that'll be on the cock. So flip it over there and, and watch, oh, uh, watch, wow, IndyCar okay. yeah. Yeah, watch IndyCar racing on yeah, the cock so this weekend. For those for those who are unaware, um, when, when NBC... Uh, motorsports content is exclusively on Peacock. It is behind the paywall, so it is not like you can just go there yeah. and log in and watch the race. You unfortunately have to pay for the exclusive content. 
Um, and and I, I personally, and this is just me, I'm not speaking for you or telling you what you should or shouldn't do in your life. I don't pay to watch motorsports. I'll pay to be in an event, but I'm not paying to watch it on my team. Um, so another race that, that I won't see any of. Uh, it's unfortunate. Right? Well, I guess unfortunate is in the word I'm looking for. Odd would be the, the better word I'm looking for. And I know with um, COVID being throwing the whole world schedule out of whack, but it's just absolutely wreaking havoc on the motorsport calendar um, the last couple of years. So normally, IndyCar, and I hadn't even looked at the schedule, Bryce, which is why I was taken aback when you said they run back-to-back weekends. It is custom for IndyCar to pause their season immediately following the Detroit Grand Prix, and that is because there is a race you may or may not have heard of uh, in the month of June in France called Pretty the Vendrasseur du Levant, or 24 yeah. Hours of Le Mans. I can say in the United Le, States. Le Mans. Uh, <laughs> Le Mans. You got that old lemon right over there. Uh, uh, but, uh, but no, when when uh, is that? There when? are usually, so I, I think it's next weekend. It may yeah. be, oh. uh, it may be another week. Um, it is this weekend. Honestly, it is this weekend? It is this weekend, yeah. Saturday, June 11th to Sunday, June 12th. No kidding. Okay, wow, that is that's big because there are normally a lot of IndyCar drivers that participate in that event. Normally, there are basically there are a line of private jets on the runway in Michigan uh, to take the drivers from that race straight across the Atlantic to Paris, France. Normally, even those IndyCar drivers would miss the first one or two practice sessions uh, for Le Mans. Um, just based on travel and doing that uh, Detroit race and the travel time to get to France. Um, but, but yeah, so that makes sense that Lamar is this weekend. That's right on par, uh, par for the course. And it's odd that IndyCar has, for some inexplicable reason, scheduled up against the 24 hours of Lamar. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know what the reason is behind that. I don't know, man. That, that, what, that's an idiotic move. The A race against the 24 on Le Mans. Like, it's one thing if you're NASCAR and you have no drivers that go over there and do that. Uh, but, but for IndyCar, that's, that's an international race and they're an international stage and they have a lot of crossover in sports cars and IndyCar. And that's, I mean, honestly, that, that's pitiful for IndyCar to have done that. I don't know if they did it on purpose or they're just idiots. Um, but, but that, that sucks, honestly. There's a lot of, uh, driver like Romain Grosjean, I think was even supposed to. I thought he was doing the 24 hours of Le Mans this year. Uh, I didn't do. I wonder if he's a skip. I'm, I'm looking for Grosjean's name now. In a couple of years. Uh, I don't see Grosjean's yeah, name on here. For the Road America entry list, or for no, 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 for Le Mans. I'm looking through the Le Mans okay. uh, entries. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's odd, right, and, well, and you know, F1 races this weekend as well. I, I don't know, I don't know why they're both. They? Ra- yeah, they're, yeah, they're in Azerbaijan this weekend. That's, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Like, I don't know. That's this very sucks, odd. Man. This sucks. Yeah, this sucks. The stage this weekend, apart from NASCAR, who kind of has always done their own thing, the international racing stage this weekend. Should it should be focused on the 24-hour Le Mans, 
And for one weekend of the calendar year, it'd be nice to see IndyCar and F1 acknowledge that they're not the most important stage and shut up and take a backseat and let their drivers go compete uh, in this absolutely prestigious race. I won't watch a second of the F1 race or the IndyCar race. I'm going to be that guy. Well, I can't watch the IndyCar race because I don't pay for motorsports. But I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I'm going to boycott motorsports this weekend. I'm going to exclusively watch the 24 hours of the law on Saturday and Sunday. And you should, too. And everyone listening to this should. The 24 hours of the law is one of the greatest races in the world. F1 doesn't matter. Azerbaijan is... Well, it's an exciting track, but, but still, it is an exciting that, track. Uh, <laughs> North America is awesome. Screw it, skip it. <laughs> Let's do Lamar. Right? So we are Team Lamar this weekend. I am forcibly conscripting you whether you want to be on Team Lamar or not. Uh, this is idiotic for motorsports, for those two series to schedule up against Lamar. It is absolutely shameful. They should be embarrassed, and they absolutely suck. Listen, I got six screens in my office. I can watch all of these motorsports at once. I can watch the Braves if they're on at the same time too and any NHL hockey playoffs that are going on at the same time. I am I am already in mid-season football form with my screens in my office, buddy. When when football season starts, everything gets powered up. We start having screens here and there and here and there. I watch all everything at once. So I'm ready for this. It sucks for F1 drivers. It sucks for IndyCar drivers that would either A, want to go over there and participate, or B, just go over there and watch. I, I think that's a big fail by them, uh, but I, I, yeah. I'm excited. Um, Pietro Fettipaldi is racing in one of these teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and there's a lot of names you should recognize. And normally, like I said, it goes without saying that there's there's usually more. Uh, there's usually, it, I'm, the 24 Hours of Ma is normally star-studded field uh, coming from all walks of life. Next next year, NASCAR will even be a part of that with yep. the, uh, the Garage 56 century from Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I'm still, I am actively trying to, I'm screaming at executives at Ford in Dearborn. I'm screaming at Tony Stewart, anybody who will listen. I will run the Ford program if they will let me get it off the ground. I will be their Carol Shelby. There is no reason that Chevrolet should get to go show off in Le Mans and have all the fun. And and not have no competition with their garage 56 entry. I want Ford there. I will voice my into the heavens until I have no more voice to give. Uh, that that Ford should be. It is not too late as as we speak to get Ford to Le Mans next year with a NASCAR Cup car to compete against the Chevy. How much fun would that be, Bryce? Even like, how awesome would that be to have Ford and Chevy stock cars going on it, at it? Uh, if if only racing each other down oh, the uh, straight at, at it, the moment. It, it's just, it'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah I, that's, it, that's it would give we don't it would give these cars a class to race in, which I think would be just absolutely fantastic. And if they need a racer, I know they usually have three or four racers per car. I am more than willing to go over there and and drive around Le Mans. I mean, it can't be that hard. I mean, I yeah. do it in F one. I no, do it in you know I racing so. Listen, I'll get you up here to Concord. We'll go to the Ford Performance Center. I know I've got I've got the uh, the hookup there. We'll get on the, the simulator and we'll get get uh, some laps in the month so we can prove ourselves early. We'll get we'll get started now. Uh, we'll start training on iRacing before I get the green light from all the the, the suits that's in Dearborn. Um, I like it. Let's go we'll ahead and put the cart before the, the horse. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, who is your pick this weekend for Indy up in? 
Road America. Uh, I'm going to take Scott Nixon. He absolutely threw away the Indy 500. He's usually pretty good. Uh, he was my pick for the Indy 500, don't forget, and absolutely threw it away. Going to win that race. Cruise to the one of the easiest victories in Indy 500 history, in my opinion, <laughs> and threw it away with a speeding penalty on his last pit stop. That sucks. Uh, I think Scott I Nixon that. rebound. Yeah, he's never been particularly good uh, on any street circuit other than Toronto, if I remember correctly. So I didn't really have him tabbed for anything, for much of anything at uh, Detroit. Don't even know how he finished there. I presume it was respectable, at least. Um, but I, uh, I'll take Dixon for Road America. I'm going to take Joseph Newgarden. I think he comes away. I think okay. he gets his yeah, third victory of the year. Yeah, he's, he's had a pretty strong caller all year. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't won his third uh, race already. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Joseph Newgarden this weekend in Road America. So he's uh, in contention for the award that you were talking about earlier, right? He's won on yeah. a, he needs a, he's he won needs a street circuit. Yep, he won it. Texas and Long Beach. And the, okay, so, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's Long Beach is a street circuit, so he needs a road course, which is road, road America. Yes, correct. Yeah, so he so, could do it this weekend. That would be the million dollar or three million dollar, whatever the bonus is. Yeah, he would get it this weekend if he won. Yeah, so something to keep an eye on. All right, let's let's head over to Europe and wrap up this with the F1. We kind of went over the Monaco uh, recap. Got me and Matt's opinion on it. Kind of a big letdown, unfortunately. Uh, big build up to it. Thought it was going to be a great race. It wasn't. It is what it is. It's unfortunate. Uh, they are at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this weekend in Baku, which is a just a fantastic circuit. I love this circuit so much. The castle turn. Uh, has so much character and, and the honestly like the third sector of the Baku city circuit is just it's fantastic man the twists and turns and semi straights and not really straights and almost flat out corners and not flat out corners is, is fantastic the first first and sector first and second sectors are kind of boring uh, but the third sector makes up for it uh, we got practice Friday FP1 and FP2 FP1 is at 7am FP2 is at 10am FP3 on Saturday is at 7 a.m. and qualifying is at 10 a.m. And then the race Sunday morning is at 7 a.m. It's an early start, uh, which I love. I, I absolutely love these early 7 a.m. Uh, starts. That's what I want to yeah. see, honestly. It, it just it, it sets my day off right, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll just follow up and just emphasize what you said. You absolutely nailed it. Um, Baku has so much character. Uh, it's, it's a relatively new track uh, in in um, Formula One, but it, it absolutely hit um, with with the, the life that, that it showed in, in its couple of races. Hopefully, it's here to stay forever. It's an absolutely amazing circuit. Almost always provides good racing. Almost yeah, always provides a good like, good finish. You mm -hmm. never know. You can take any driver in the field. I think. Last year, there was a car that like hadn't even scored a point all season in a podium position. Uh, just absolute chaos is potential for in this race. Definitely one to watch uh, if we weren't already watching the 24 hours of a month. And la last year, somebody who was a you know seven-time world championship winner forgot to turn off his brake magic and cooked his brakes and threw away an easy uh, champ, uh, an easy win, an easy Grand Prix win, which probably would have bumped yeah, him up sure to his eight. His eighth championship, so 
Yeah, we and we got a we got a sprint race in uh, Formula Two, so that'll be interesting. That's on Saturday morning as well. Uh, Formula One and Formula Two, no Formula Three and no Formula W this weekend, but you do have Formula Two, which is it's always fun. It's always fun to see those cars go out and look at the track and see how see how they do it. Matt, who is your pick this weekend for F1 in Baku? Uh, well, I can't talk about all the calamity and the absolutely wildness and and not take uh, take up my gun when it comes time to, to talk the talk. Give me Kevin Magnuson this weekend. Oh, my. I, give me Haas' first ever podium. Give me Haas' first ever win. I don't care how it happens. There won't be the fastest in the practice of qualifying. But give me absolute calamity once the race starts. Kevin's there to capitalize. And uh, Haas F1 team goes to their first ever win in Formula One this weekend. Look. Oh, buddy, that is, I like and that. I, I like. And I, I won't like even that. see it because I'll be watching the 24 hours in one month. I'm gonna go with low hanging fruit. I've kind of had this pick since Monaco got over. I think this is Max Verstappen. I think he's gonna win this, and I think he's gonna win it comfortably. The Red Bull in a straight line is the absolute fastest car on the track right now. And they've done a great job of uh, limiting the porpoising that that car has. It's almost zero. Uh, I'll be interested to see what in the hell happens with the Mercedes because there are two massive straights on this track, and that yeah. porpoising Where they at the have end. Not been good. Oh man, yep. That porpoising is going to be rough, dude. So I, I'm excited to see what they do to try to negate that. But uh, like you said, I'll, I'll be I'll be tuned into the 24 hour Le Mans. I'll have the F1 race the NASCAR race, the IndyCar race, I'll have them all pulled up and sort of keeping a, a, a second eye on them, but my main focus will be on the 24-hour Le Mans because it is one of the most prestigious races in the entire world. It's, you know, massive. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, you got anything else for our listeners, man? No, man, I am officially, we are officially, since we started this podcast, we are now officially in the same state. Uh, that's hey, let's cool. go. I appreciate you keeping me company while I do this little drive here. Uh, time has absolutely flown by. I'd love to keep doing this, um, but I won't keep you all night. Um, I can talk racing forever. We can go back right now and review the week before. The podcast we missed, we just add that on now. <laughs> uh, just tack it on. But, uh, yeah, but no, <laughs> bonus episode. Stop listening here or keep listening for the week before. Uh, <laughs> but no, Brian, bye. I appreciate you hanging out with me. I appreciate anybody that, that spent the hour that, or however long we've been recording um, listening to us and uh, that tune in every week. I, I really cannot express my appreciation for anyone that wants to hear me open my mouth for an hour um, that, that I have for you. Uh, <laughs> Giggity. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll let I, you take it away. I second what Matt said. Anybody that's listening, anybody that keeps continuously listening, thank you so much. Uh, this is the reason we do it. Uh, y'all, y'all's ears, y'all listening to us, kind of talk about our love for motorsports and what we do. You know, uh, we don't we don't get paid for this. This is just kind of for the love of love of the sport. We both love motorsports uh, in any way, shape, or form. If a car, a truck, or a trike, a bicycle, a motorcycle, if anything's racing, I, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm, I'm watching. I'm tuning in. And I'm loving to watch it, and I love doing this podcast uh, every single week and sort of talking about it and giving my views on it. You know, it's, like I said, Matt Matt can give you the insider stuff, and I give you uh, what I notice on my couch while I'm drinking beers. Exactly, like like AutoZone windshield wipers. There we go. That's insider information right there, buddy. <laughs> uh, 
But for Matt Ridgway, I am Bryce Sparling. We will see y'all next week. Same time, same place.